Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pixelist Podcast, the podcast about all the nerdy things we enjoy. I'm Will, that's Blake, and today we're here to talk about some Critical Role, baby. How you doing, bud? I'm doing good, man. It's, I feel like it's basically a Critical Role channel at this point. <laughs> Pretty much. It's such, it's such consistent content for us, but um, yeah, I know it's good to be here. Welcome all of you guys to checking out the channel. Hopefully you're a fellow critter, a fellow D&D fan. Uh, I do apologize for the junk in behind me um, because I'm I, we just moved. We moved to a new place. And so naturally we just threw everything. Um, but hey, this is, you know, we just embrace the mess around here. That's you life, know? you know, that's life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, but, uh, um, how are you today, my friend? I'm good, man. I uh, so we're we're putting this out Thursday. I uh, am just super excited to talk about this episode because uh, of all the stuff that happened. So, yeah, so I, I'm good. I I'm jazzed. Have- I didn't have internet till yesterday. Um, and then the place where I'm living now, I have like one bar of cell service. So it's like really frustrating. But I know, Will, you were, um, well, I know you were asking several times about like, have you watched it yet? Have, yeah, you, watched like, it yet? have you watched it? We need to talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so finally got internet yesterday and watched it last night. Um, so uh, yeah, other than that, I'm doing good too. Other than just, you know, living in a junk just, room. You know, so. getting the move on. That's get at my least move you're... On, man. you're I hate moving. I like getting into a new spot, but uh, the you're done with the worst part. The part you're at now, I actually like, like setting up, like trying out maybe like a new arrangement of furniture or stuff. I don't know if that's, you know, your cup of tea. Yeah, I, you know, it's got me thinking about, you know, other than like all the junk behind me. And I already told Will, by the way, that I had a hard stop because, you know, naturally <laughs> like and here we are like waxing poetically about, you know, our home design. But uh, I told Will, I really want to like, you know, um, I don't do any Twitch streaming, by the way. Will, by the way, does. He's awesome. You can check out his channel. Stop. Um, check out Bachi. Uh, shameless plug. <laughs> but I wanted to like Twitchify. Can you hear my dog freaking out, by the way? Probably. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. All it's right. It's not cool. a big deal if so. We're good. <laughs> Someone's at the door. We're not abusing our dog. So <laughs> we love our dog. Um, you're like, no one was thinking that you were, but <laughs> there was a moment in the episode, by the way, where someone, I, I can't remember who said it, but someone was like, don't worry. Oh, it was someone was like, I don't hate children and uh or maybe it was in the wrap-up yesterday and then someone was like no oh, one yeah. was thinking no one was thinking you did until you said that so yeah. <laughs> it was Luis saying yeah, that yeah. he doesn't have kids but you know <laughs> anyway let's get back on point because we're we're running out of time here yeah you yeah, know? yeah yeah all I, all I was gonna say was I've been thinking about how to like twitchify you know I feel like every twitch streamer has like the really cool room oh yeah like the in. lights behind them and stuff I'm like dude I want a vibe I want yeah. that so uh in the comments <laughs> Let me know, like, suggestions, <laughs> ideas, like, hey, buy this, you know, um, I'm open to it. So, yeah, uh, I guess we should talk about what we're actually here for, which yeah, is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> critical role. Um, critical role. One last quick, like, announcement before we dive into the recap and everything. Uh, if you didn't catch our last episode, just wanted to reiterate here, we are going to do a giveaway to celebrate reaching a thousand subscribers. We're not there yet, so help us Bro, get there. This is how out of the loop I am. I was like, did, did we hit it? Are we at a thousand? <laughs> we made it. We- 5k yeah. baby uh yeah. no i think we're at like 9 30 9 40 ish maybe so yeah, we're getting okay. close cool. um but so we're already gonna go ahead and start plugging this giveaway once we reach a thousand we'll figure it out then but um probably gonna give away Taldori reborn maybe that's gonna change but that's the most likely scenario so yeah uh just that's a thanks to you guys and if you're not subbed maybe we can you know entice you with that so sub yeah. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> it helps us or out. Else. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I think I'm ready to jump in uh, unless you had anything else. No, I'm I'm ready to talk about this episode. And if you're just tuning into the the podcast for the first time, we do take a take a about 15 to 20 minutes at the start just to do a recap because the episodes can be, you know, like four hours long. So we do a recap. Um, we cut out that recap. It's an entirely separate video if you're just trying to get caught up. And then we do like our deep dive, like thoughts, reactions, whatever that immediately follows it. So if you're watching just the recap video, you can click click the link below and get taken over to our full discussion of the episode. Um, so having said that, um, and by the way, I, I will just give a disclaimer. I don't think anyone can hear it, but like kids are screaming in the background. Everything's going crazy over here. Um, so if the mic picks it up, sorry. You're <laughs> so, good. Having said that, let's talk about what happened in this week's episode of Campaign 3 of Critical Role. And this episode was episode 26. It's called Hidden Truths. And there are some hidden truths that happened in this episode. This was a pretty yeah. amazing episode. It's why Will probably kept texting me, have you seen it yet? <laughs> um, the episode basically opens up with the party being like, yeah, we're, we're going to sleep for the night. Like we're going to, you know, we wrapped up our day's stuff. Let's get some sleep. And uh, Fern and Dusk have this really sweet moment of just swapping ideas on identity and past history. And, you know, they kind of talk about um, Bertie and Ollie, Fern's parents, and just the Feywild. And it's just like a nice, you know, it's what you expect at a table of two players kind of bonding a little bit in character. And then, uh, you know, after all that's said and done, they're like, all right, well, good night. Well, this wholesome moment is very short-lived because then Matt says, I need everyone to leave the table except for Erica, which everyone was like, okay, what is going on? So they all leave and Erica gets a mental message from, uh, let me pull up the name because it was so freaking amazing in terms of the name. Um, of the guy? Sorrow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorrow, Sorrow Lord Z Z Sorrow Lord. Zathuda, bearer of the lightless flame, grove captain of the unseelie court. And this person has bad dude written all over him and is immediately like, what's the status on your mission? And it's basically revealed Erica's accent voice all changes. And she basically says, I'm still looking for the Calloways. I'm still looking for something called the Moontide Crown. Um, and also says, Hey, did you know that the Calloways had a daughter named Fern? Uh, we don't really get much answer there other than it doesn't seem like he is aware. Uh, but you know, in typical bad guy conversation, uh, he's basically like, you know, get the crown and kill the Calloways like in that line that, uh, and you know, beep, you know, hang up on the phone kind of deal. And Erica looks down at this black ring that seems to be humming and tugging towards Fern's room. So it seems to be some kind of Callaway tracking thing. Um, but it was a huge reveal because it seems like Dusk is not to be trusted. Um, so anyway, everyone comes back to the table. They see actually Erica with like a look of concern. And they're like, oh, no, something so sad happened to you. <laughs> and it was just very sweet, very wholesome, because everyone's like, oh, I'm so sad. You know, whatever you went through, I'm here for you. And it's like, yeah, she just talked to her boss about murdering you guys. But, you know, <laughs> no big deal, right? Um, so you think that the night's over. Well, no, uh, we have a dream for Imogen. And Laura Bailey's like, shoot, no, not again. Um, and this time it's it's the the the, the dream has already progressed to the point of like the storm coming in. She sees the figure 
where like other figures jumped out behind this character in an earlier dream. It appears to be a woman with gray hair. Um, there's not much of a description there other than um, looks evil is basically the best way to describe it. <laughs> and yeah. figures, dozens of figures step out from behind her wearing masks. And this figure speaks to Imogen in her mind and basically says, how interesting. And then all these characters rush at her uh, and she wakes up. So uh, the most interesting, th interesting thing about this dream is when she wakes up, she looks out the window and she sees Ruidus setting and it's has um, it's, it's like flaring. flaring. Yeah. Yeah. It has like this bright red light coming off it. Um, and then it subsides and calms in a very ominous way. Um, so everyone gets up for the day. Um, oh, I should mention that Orm does steal Captain Xanus' spyglass from Fern, um, which not quite sure what he's doing with that yet. But uh, in the morning, they're talking about, you know, like, what do we want to do today? What do we want to, like, what do we want to do about this plan? Um, and no sooner than they've left where they're staying, <clears throat> do basically a group of what appear to be thugs sort of fan out and surround them. And a dwarf who's missing his thumbs uh, basically walks up, identifies himself as Tanvir the Rake of the Paragon's Call, and that they noticed them snooping around the Seat of Disdain, and they want to know, what the heck you doing? Party kind of tries to, um, you know, they, they lie. They try to convince this guy, like, oh, oh, that was your place? Like, oh, no, we were looking after this <laughs> um, uh, Quoka that, you know, got stuck under your gate. He's not buying it. Uh, and basically they say, yeah, actually we're here for work for general Ratanish. you know, Ashton's had a fight with him and, you know, one of the, uh, thugs is kind of like, oh yeah, I remember that fight. Um, and Tandra is kind of like, oh, that's interesting. Okay. So you guys know Ratanish. Okay. Well, we're going to go find out how true this is. Like if you really are here for work, uh, and if you're not, then we're going to come back tomorrow and basically, you know, beat you up, kill you, who knows what. So they leave. The party like basically freaks out because they're like, okay, now they're going to know that we're here and it's going to be very obvious that like, why is this group from uh, Dressar now here? So they immediately start thinking about solutions. What do we need to do? Um, they know that to get Captain Zandis to come pick them up, he needs 24 hours notice. So they know the time is ticking. And so they also know there's other things they want to do, like follow up on uh, people that they know. So they decide basically let's split up into uh, a few different parties. Let's go um, check off a bunch of different things, and then we'll just go from there. So having said that, um, Ashton, Chetney, and uh, Imogen head to the All Minds Burn Palace, which is this odd place where it's like a social place, but it seems to be where everyone's kind of like um, mentally etherneted in to yeah. some kind of like group think Super system. Weird. It's very weird. Um, and not only that, Imogen actually tries to kind of tune in herself and immediately detects some, a, a large staticky painful um, sensation that causes her nose to bleed and she has to stop detecting thoughts, but she detects something incredibly large beneath the surface, very ominous. 
Yeah. And it's also here that um, they meet uh, a friend of Ashton's named Justy. It's a red uh, Asfura. Is, say that right? Asfura? I think so. I think so. Uh, bird person. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the person's like, Ashton, wow, it's been forever. And Ashton basically says, hey, we just need to know we need a place to lie low um, because we're think we have a guy that we're thinking about basically kidnapping and we need 24 hours till our help arrives to take us out of here. Could we potentially stay here if we needed to? And Jesse's like, yeah, you could potentially do that, but you could also um, do the run and that might settle things. And the run is basically a death race kind of run. It's not for money. It's not for prizes. It's basically... Think of like a duel to settle issues. You do this Mad Maxian death race kind of run, and it's never fair. And Justy even says, like, we could lay some traps for you guys that would be um, um, beneficial to you guys and would basically help you win the race. So he's like, I like that plan. Okay, we might do that then. And naturally, I'm sure every viewer was like, oh, my gosh, we're going to do this for sure now. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, so um, that happens there. Um, also, uh, FCG takes Ferd and Dusk, um, to basically look for someone named Esmer, who was like an old contact when he was with Dancer. And in meeting Esmer, um, FCG is like, Hey, I don't know how to say this, but Dancer and everyone is dead basically. Uh, and it's really this funny, the scene where they're like, Hey, let's not, let's let them down easy though. Well, I like your shirt, <laughs> you know, but Esmer basically laughs and is like, what are you talking about? I saw Dancer a month ago. Uh, which he's like, wait, what? How could that even be possible? Um, and suddenly, and this is a theme in the episode, FCG starts to really question what he remembers and what's actually true. Esmer also mentions that um, uh, Dancer had a, a new arm, a metal arm, um, maybe after whatever incident happened. Uh, and he basically says, do you know where she might be? And he says, uh, Esmer says, um, she says, you know, you could check the ends. Um, it's also where uh, Imahara Joe's is. Um, FTG remembers that they kind of hated each other uh, and decides, yeah, maybe we should go uh, check out the ends. So um, having said that, that's pretty much what happens in the first half. Do you want to talk about the second half? Yes, sir. I got you. So we have the break. We pick back up and we're picking back up with Ladna and Orem, who are like this third group that split off. And the first thing they do is go shop for just some disguises since they're basically, you know, uh, recognizable from the, the, the ball back in Drusar and just they want to, you know, be a little bit more discreet. So they go buy some clothes and they eventually come up with this bit of uh, Orem pretending to be Ladna's son, Georgie, kind of a callback to uh or i'm doing the same thing in exu uh, nancy with, uh opal <laughs> yeah um so now in their disguises they head to the seat of disdain just to basically stake it out and kind of see what they can discover um during they talk a little bit about um the fight between laudna and imogen she kind of spills the beans to orum and you know they, they talk that out a bit um but eventually orum just kind of does his stealthy thing and tries to see what he can see and they eventually see three people come out on the roof, basically taking a smoke break. And uh, one of these people is Armand Treshi. Um, meanwhile, the group of uh, Ashton, Imogen, and Chetney, and also the group of Fern, Dusk, and FCG are converging back uh, in this area of the of Basaras known as the Inns, which is basically like this big junkyard section of the city. You know, crawler parts, automatons buzzing around. Um <clears throat> Heading there to head to Imahara Joe's. 
Um, and they're basically discussing the Death Wish race on the way and if that's something they want to actually explore. Um, so they make it to Joe's. They get inside. Joe lets them in. And Ashton says they're looking to purchase a crawler, which is, you know, the little vehicle that they would use in the race. Joe says he has a couple of crawlers. They're not 100% like ready to go though um and joe is immediately fascinated with fcg as many people have been this campaign um so then there's a lot of talk about the crawlers do we need both of them should we just take one what add-ons should we get because there's a bunch of like enhancements you can get extra armor stuff like that so there's a lot of you know table talk about what exactly they want to do here and while they're still figuring that out, uh, Fern asks Joe about her parents since, you know, that's where her mom said to meet them. Um, and Joe reveals that, yeah, he's familiar with them. They come in all the time and buy these power sources. And Fern is like, yeah, those are my parents. And he's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, you look just like them. Um, <clears throat> so they make that connection. And then Joe asks FCG. He's like, hey, did you used to run around with somebody named Dancer? Because you look so familiar. And FCG says, yeah, like I did. And Joe's like, okay, I knew it. Like, I remember back when Dancer bought you off that caravan. You know, I almost bought you. Um, but, yeah. you know, she beat me to it. Uh, you're, you know, grade A. And he's like, wait, what? No, Dancer built me. Uh, and Joe's like, no, I was there. You know, you were purchased. Uh, grade A, automaton, pre-divergence, probably from Aeor. Like, you're super special. And F this, of course, you know, blows FCG's mind. Um you know, I'll, I'll calling back to the fight, uh, calling back to the moment earlier in the episode where he learned Dancer was still alive, and now he's being hit with this. Um, FCG is just processing a lot, right. and uh, Joe also kind of spills some history on this type of stuff. He's like, "Yeah, uh, back in Aeor, they somehow figured out how to create these sentient automatons, um, but the technology was lost. But in recent years, these automatons have been springing back up at various places over the world." Um, they then asked Joe, Hey, say, when's the last time you saw a dancer? And he says it was about a year ago. Um, hasn't seen her since. And he also says that he would love to like inspect FCG with his consent, just to learn more about this, like ancient impressive technology. And FCG is open to this, um, because he would also like to know more about himself, get some answers. Um, but that's not going to happen right now because for now, Bell's Hells has some more right. pressing matters. Um, the party ultimately decides to buy one of the crawlers, not two. And, uh, they give him a down payment of, I think 500 gold now, and the rest will come tomorrow. It's a thousand total. Um, once Joe has finished fixing it up or whatever. So the party leaves and they decide to find a new place to stay for the night. Um, and Ashton begins leading them toward a place, uh, to a place known as the undercarriage. Um, but on the way they're discussing Fern's parents and, Fern reveals that she has all these postcards from them, one even coming from Aeor. And right. the party's like, what the heck? Like, Aeor's ancient. Like, what do you mean it came from Aeor? And so there's a bunch of discussion and, like, we got to inspect these. And they, they do learn that all the cards are handwritten um, and in the same handwriting. Right. And uh, some, I think Travis, I don't know if it was as Chetney or as Travis, but he was like, there's probably a code in there. Like, let's let's see if they hid some sort of code in these messages. So I think Laudna that night is going to sit down and maybe take a deeper look at them. Um, but that's where the episode ends. 
Man, yeah. Um, so that's what happened in episode 26 of Campaign 3, Hidden Truths. Again, if you're checking out just a recap, click the link below for your um, for our full thoughts and theories and share some of your thoughts and theories. So, yeah, uh, Will, great episode. Great See, episode. I, didn't even ask, I didn't ask that time. Yeah, I just yeah. went straight to it. <laughs> We're evolving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, man, great episode. Dude, the reveal, uh, Erica Ishii, like I literally was like, are you freaking kidding me? I was like, so what? Good, man. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> I so mean, I was, even, I was even thinking like, you know, man, th this group's like really just in general, I was thinking this group's like really trusting. Like it's very different by the way, from, um, uh, calamity by the way, <laughs> where everyone's <laughs> bad. But, um, yeah, I was like, this group's very trusting. And then like, just coincidentally, I was like, no freaking way. Um, which has this happened before, by the way, where a guest character is actually, I'll, I'll, I'm going to say evil, but it could, it could be she, you know, maybe they, you know, um, the Star Lord has like her mom prisoner or something. I don't know, but um, has no, this not ever happened really. before? No, not okay. really. I mean, like the answer is no, it hasn't. Where like the the guest has been a bad guy. Now, there's some people that might fight me on little, but let's not be nitpicky about it. For the most part, no, that's never happened. Um yeah and great episode i was super stoked uh so many reveals such a juicy thing to kind of dive back into um but yeah that transformation and it, it made everything so like it, it just elevated everything from the previous episodes because you know you and i were talking about like why does it like she doesn't know anything like is she just winging it by the seat of her pants and i was like i bet matt at least knows what's going on but yeah, yeah this was I, all by uh, design you know foot, like, foot in my mouth because i was like this feels so clunky and I was kind of annoyed by it. I was like, like, come on, like, let's get some juice out there. And in hindsight, it's, it's, she is feigning ignorance. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know, the Feywild. It's so, you know, tiny wine. Yeah. Yeah. Which I just love how Matt and her are preying on the, um, it's not a trope, but just like, uh, it's it's you guys will have to help me with what this is called like in writing or like in story but you know it's it's something that's assumed to be true and you use that as like the cover for um like because everyone knows oh yeah the Feywild, like right you know, we just all we just all assume like this is how it is and so i just love how that was the guise of what really was happening which is um and i guess also we can assume wasn't with the callaways right yeah, I don't know. I would she's deep think covered. so. I would yeah, assume okay. that she's never met the parents. Yes, but I don't know. Um, yeah, okay. But yeah, to what you were saying, like, there's so many levels that it, it worked on. That one where you're talking about like using the the truth thing, but also um, the fact that when their critical role D and D game, when they have a guest, the guest is obviously going to join them. It's not like Matt's going to run two different games the whole time. Like here's what the guest does for four hours or here's what you do. So obviously you have to integrate that person somehow. So it's like, Oh, they were being attacked by these thugs and Oh, you're just, let's join up. Like in some level, you just have to accept that because it's D and D, but, and that's what happened here. But now we know like, Oh no, she was looking for them. Like this wasn't just some coincidence that they ran into each other, you know? Oh, how does she know Fern's parents? What a coincidence. So I like that. Like all that makes way more sense now. And, uh, not again, not that it needed to, but it's just cool yeah. that it does. I love that it does. Cause it's, it's 
it's, uh, I mean, I said it last episode, it's, it's too convenient. It's, it's clunky story-wise. It's, yeah. it's, you know, um, what's it called? Uh, it is, it's a bit, it's a bit, um, deus ex machina a little yeah, bit yeah. in the sense of like, you know, like, Oh, how convenient. Oh yeah. And I know your parents. I'm like, Oh wow. Really? Wow. Like how, what a natural way to progress the story, you know? And so <laughs> it, it was very clunky for me. And now in hindsight, I, I freaking love it, man. Yeah, I'm like, okay, this is perfectly. Yeah. This is really nice. So on that note, I mean, presumably and you have to help me too with like past episodes like where the party leaves the table i mean i'm assuming the players watch do they watch the episodes i mean i don't i mean i'm sure they have at certain times but like in a situation like that like i don't think they're going back just to see like what matt said you know i think they like hold the integrity of the the storytelling to to not do that but i did want to bring that aspect up um just in the sense of not them going back to watch the episodes, but they're all present on Twitter. There's like a big conversation happening every week. Like people started freaking out at that Erica moment. So if any of the main cast, since they pre-record these episodes by at least a week or two, if yeah. they're tuning into the Twitter conversation, they're going to know, they're going to know, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I wonder yeah. how they have, well, if anything, how they have tried to combat that. Right. One dog's barking <laughs> it's because the pest control guy is here and he's spray he's spraying okay <laughs> all right so um yeah what i will say about that though is the party is also really good at indulging um indulging not the right word re- respecting like this the state of the table like the state yeah. of play in the sense of like not metagaming um you know and we talked about this too on the episode it was like around 15 or so at the heist at Hydroga's where the party Chetney was separate from the group and um, the party had laid some traps for people oh, like yeah. pursuing them. And Chetney, obviously Travis is aware of this cause he's at the table, right. but has Chetney like, you know, ignorantly like walk Just, right in. Yeah, oh home no. Alone. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and um, we talked about that as being just like a really cool, like rather than, it's just a cool detail of a player, like not trying to min max every single detail, but also, but rather like embracing the story a bit. And even some players at my table have watched some D and D and mentioned that of like, yeah, I like, I like how they don't, um, you know, try to, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, 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 and also what I just said, just like not always like min maxing the crap out of like every single thing. Yeah. Um, All that to say, I think if they are, mindful of it which i think it would be hard to be engaged in the cr world as a cast member and not be mindful of it not to be aware of it i think i think we won't know any different i think they will still fully respect um the table in that way so yeah i 100 percent agree with that i just it would be so much cooler if that reveal happens at the table like where none of the cast members knew beforehand because they're gonna freak out so I don't know because you could it's not like Matt could say, hey, don't look at Twitter because that would tip them off to something was happening. You know, they wouldn't know what right. they'd be like, why? So uh, just, you know, maybe maybe down the road or, you know, in, the, in yeah. the campaign three wrap up, if we remember or just, I don't know, the next uh, four sided dive or something, they might bring that up. But I'm curious to know. Uh, but, yeah, I would love to see the reveal happen in, in real time. Yeah. Um, and one, did you ever watch the show The Mentalist? 
uh, clips on YouTube, man. I have like full yeah. shows that I've like Always Sunny, for example. Never seen an episode. Really? I've seen like not even one. But I think I've seen the whole show on YouTube, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so The yeah. Mentalist is one. And then like random movies like The Big Short, you know, mm. I've, I've seen on YouTube basically from just watching clips. Like, and then, then what happened? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, it's one of those like, that's beside the point. But there's this, um, there's this, I think, popular clip from The Mentalist of this like prisoner who's like pretended to have some sort of like special, uh, like he was a special needs. Like, I don't know. I don't remember exactly. So yeah, he was like yeah. pretending to be a lot right not fully there when he was and there's this scene where he transforms and he like starts being fully like he's like no right. like, i'm a sociopath basically that's yeah. the vibes i got from erica when she went from her like happily doodly and then like let's kill everyone totally yeah and i have seen that scene actually because okay. uh, i think they're talking about like moby dick or something but i think uh, so yeah. talking about like a book he has or something so i have seen that scene and then um it's also very um Oh man, I'm gonna butcher it because now I can't think of the name of the movie. Richard Gere, Edward Norton, um, '90s movie where same same premise. By the way, Edward Norton. Sorry for spoiling it, guys, but it was 30 <laughs> years ago, so get over it. Um, uh, Edward Norton is a is a is a murderer um, on trial, but he has like a split personality. And Richard Gere, his lawyer, who gets him off, like gets him, uh, basically goes to, like a mental institution. Um, Richard Gere recognizes him slipping and is like, wait a second. There, there never was a split personality and the person, same thing kind of transforms and is like, no, like this is me. Oh man. Um, very I forgot about that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of the movie he's called though. Um, but yeah, no, you're totally right. And then I loved how when, when everyone was coming back in, she like looked at the camera and just like smirked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, you devil, you. <laughs> so, <sighs> so good. And I, I can't wait to see how this unfolds. I mean, I think you maybe mentioned, or I don't know, but maybe like, is this going to come to blows? And like, they may, I don't know if they'd kill her, but like, is this going to come to combat? Or is there going to be some sort of turn where like, you know she is being blackmailed or whatever the circumstance may be but maybe she really is like kind of decent at heart and yeah. maybe becomes on their side uh so let's let's play this out a little bit um we have no way of knowing but i'm, I'm curious like timeline if this is something that could happen in the next few episodes or if this is going to be a little bit more of like a dorian storm like over the course of i guess this is her third episode so it could be like in the next 10 or 15 for all we know um, but presumably we know that her parents are coming to Imahara Joe's yeah, and that there's going to be yeah some like, kind of reveal, some, right? I mean, it's got to pop off then, right? Presumably. Right. So, and just think about the shenanigans that are going to be happening here. We have potential death race. We have <laughs> Paragon. If they do grab Treshy, they'll have Paragon's call, you know, after them then they would have um presumably this guy the sorrow lord and dusk after them and there could be a lot of spinning plates here very quickly yeah for sure <laughs> it's a it's lot a good of good thing to, it's a good thing the party's so good at carefully laid plans for... <laughs> <laughs> right yeah i don't uh, it seems yeah i mean 
it seems like a lot of stuff could blow up like maybe even tonight i mean i presume tonight might be the race um well the race has to follow the abduction right because wasn't that their plan like they were going to do the race to like wasn't the race like like if there's like an issue we can do the race to like resolve it or something or i i I know what you're talking about. I'm not entirely sure. I thought that, you know, since the race is used to like settle disputes and something or something, maybe that's how they could like get their in. I don't know though, but maybe yeah, it okay. is like a, maybe that's how they smooth things over. To be fair, it did seem like the party was fully clear on how it works. Cause even like, I think Chetney was like, let's bet and get a lot of money from it. And then <laughs> yeah. Ashton was like, it doesn't even work that way. Like, what do you, <laughs> he's like, it's fine. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, um, I guess I don't want to get too into that because I still had more to ask about um, Dusk. Um, le- if we can talk just for a second about, like, I'm having trouble, like, and, and for you guys who've read um, Tal'Dorei Reborn, I know there's some content in the source book on the Feywild and the Seelie Court and the Unseelie Court. So we know that Fern's parents are in some way involved in the Seelie Court. Well, we know Is they're like right? famous, you know, famous in right. the court. So maybe, and we'll, they maybe serve. we could say, maybe we could say like royalty esque in some yeah. way. Yeah, important on the court. How does the Seely Court interact with the Unseely Court? I don't know. I I don't know about much about that either. I did see that it's not a black and white like the Seely Court's good, the Unseely Court's bad. Like it's not that simple. So yeah, okay. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I guess there's no point in just blindly speculating. Uh, Should have looked into we, this, but I can didn't. we talk about this? Yeah, well, I just watched it yesterday, so that's my excuse. <laughs> can we talk for a second about this guy's job title, though? Um, oh yeah, I'm just like Matt. You just come up with the greatest, the greatest names. Um, yeah. Let me find it here. Uh, Sorrow Lord Zathuda, bearer of the lightless flame, Grove Captain of the Unseelie Court. I'm like, what's the lightless flame? Yeah. Sorrow Lord. These, yeah, these don't sound like very wholesome things, but and they want to end the Callaway line. Yeah, that's the goal. And he didn't know they had a daughter, which is strange. Which is super weird, right? Because hasn't the daughter been with Morgan? Hasn't she been with Morgan for ninety years? Yeah. So I don't know. Very weird. And so to me, for whatever reason, the Unseelie Court has its beef with the Seely court seemingly unless right. Sorrow Lord Zathuda just has his own personal vengeance for right. whatever reason, but presumably it's more political than that. And he wants to get rid of the Callaways. They want to end the Callaway line because they're part of the court. Is there, so, do they want to add somebody to the court in the, in their void that would be left? Um, not well, sure. I mean, with that, even with that, the Callaways have been gone. For years, right? Yeah. Have they been gone? You know what I'm saying? Like, because again, the whole timey wimey thing. So, like, if the Callaways have been on the run and gone since Fern was a kid, why would you even care about the Callaways after all this time? Especially if you didn't even know they had a kid. And you were, know, so and were they on the run because because of the fact they're being hunted by the Unseelie Court? Yeah, I don't know. We but we talked about that last episode of how cautious they were, and it seemed like they were on the run. Um, and what the heck's the Moontide Crown, man? Yeah, I was, I briefly looked it up, and I think this is the first time it's been mentioned. Um, okay. so I don't think we know what that is. Um, 
y'all correct me down below if I'm wrong on that. Um, but I maybe it's just me reaching too far here. But we've got mention of a crown and an EXU. There was a pretty bad crown that right. had a lot to do with Fern specifically and the Elmanor and the Dark Fern and are they at all related? Is is the Moontide crown like the the answer to the right. the the Spider Queen's crown? Was that what it's called? Spider? Does it have a different name? I don't remember. Spider um, Queen's crown works, but I just couldn't remember. If yeah, it was no, else. it was called. Uh, um, crown. Of, I don't know, actually. Yeah. Anyway, I, I beside the point. Um, yeah, these people, man, these gods sure do love their crowns, though. I mean, <laughs> yeah. For real, I did, but no, you're. I think you're spot on. I did wonder, like, okay, this is something that the Callaways took and ran with, presumably, maybe, and they've been like protecting for all this time. My mind immediately goes to like the highest form of like artifact, which is a vestige of divergence. Yeah. Um, though it's interesting that they couldn't. Uh, they had to leave the Feywild um, rather than. Because here's what's interesting. You know, we know that Opal, you know, she's just chilling with hers. Um, we know uh, Marisha's character. I can't think of it. Um, Voice of the Tempest. Uh, Keyleth. Keyleth is, you know, chilling with hers. I mean, she has the whole, you know, Shari behind her. But um, why did they have to leave the Feywild? Why didn't they have any kind of backing of anyone else who would sort of help secure it, protect it? I mean, if that's maybe, if they have it. But yeah. yeah, if they have it, and maybe they even stole it. Maybe they stole it and, you know, they're on the run. They've been branded as outlaws or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't there's so many like possibilities here. So there's the whole maybe, line that maybe the Sorrow Lord's like, it belongs in a museum and he's you know, <laughs> trying to get it back. You know? <laughs> Travis is the voice of Reno, by the way. Oh, Full really? circle, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I I'm kind of just going to jump randomly here because I feel like there's so many things within this subject. I mean, um, so yeah, good did, have, it's a good thing we have 20 minutes. So. That's right. So they have the crown or if yeah. they have the crown, maybe that's why they fled. But we also know from EXU that those postcards aren't from them. The postcards. Well, if Dark we, Fern was telling the truth, we, you and I are leaning that way. I will also say at the end of the episode, when they were examining them, the implication I got was that it also still was fake, like from the grandmother. Yeah, so um, for those of you that, that didn't watch EXU, the first one, um, there was a, a whole thing with Fern and Dark Fern and the gate from the Feywild. It was a whole thing. Uh, but one of the things this dark version of Fern told to real Fern was that Grandma's lying. Like, she's the one that wrote those letters. Um, so if that's true, you know, I don't, how trustworthy is a dark manifestation of a character i don't know but i'm still leaning that way so anyway if that's true then that's all lies they didn't go save the world unless you know morrigan used a sliver of truth to help sell her lie like maybe they really are on some noble mission um but maybe aka hiding the crown or something but maybe they're not like maybe they betrayed the the Feywild. Maybe that's why the Unseelie Court wants them dead. And maybe Morgan's just too big of a presence or, you know, just because her kids are evil doesn't mean she is. I don't know. Right. Um, but so maybe they're up to no good. I mean, we do know that from Joe's, they were buying these power sources that were the same ones the Nightmare King was using. 
And yeah, the night we know similar. that Nightmare King recognized Fern and like spared them because she was a Calloway. So is there any chance that her parents are working with the Nightmare King and maybe they're not great people? That's where my mind went for sure was I was like, at first I was like, oh, <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> the Nightmare King has the same batteries. <laughs> and then I was like, it's like that Joey uh from friends like the <laughs> you know when you get like you like clicks for you yeah. um yeah i mean that's the same reaction i had was that it wasn't because we thought maybe the nightmare king had like oh respect for the callaways you know you're good i'm not gonna kill you but to me like you said the implication the way i interpreted it was there there's some hijinks that they are in cahoots with or at least you know working shoulder to shoulder in some way so yeah, I think I think you have a great theory there. I'm I definitely I agree. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'm like shipping that 100%, but I think it's definitely a possibility. And not to go too long on this one subject, but the fact that he didn't know, back to the fact that he didn't know she Fern existed, didn't know they had a daughter. That's strange, right? And so I'm trying to remember I feel like Fern often talked about her room. You know, whenever she does talk about like time with her grandmother, I feel like she's always talking about her room, which maybe that's just, right. you know, improving the first thing that comes to you. But maybe she was like kept away, like she wasn't allowed to just go do stuff in the Feywild. Maybe she was like always kept away to be hidden so that people wouldn't know she existed. And then we've also we've often speculated what is Fern's mission that her grandmother brought her to Exandria for? Maybe it was to hide her. Like maybe it was like, hey, they're getting it's getting too spicy here. Like I'm going to go hide you in Exandria now. Um, <laughs> it, it makes sense to me, you know, where are my parents at? Oh, they're on a mission to save the world. Oh, yeah. where am I going? <laughs> You're on a mission too. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, great. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's something in the air there yeah. that we aren't fully aware of. And that at right. least is one thing that kind of makes it make sense because also from EXU, for those of you that didn't know, um fern's true memory of coming to exandria was overwritten by like a false memory um and we don't really know why but just a moment in exu where ashley rolled a natural 20 matt described or excuse me uh abria described how like this memory was being pulled back and you were seeing like the truth of you and your grandmother walking toward exandria which like going through a portal basically um mm -hmm. so why why lie about the parents why lie about her true memory coming here like i don't know there's a lot of things that don't really add up so i feel like there's something fish and go fishy going on which maybe her parents are not that they're evil but maybe they're for whatever reason aligned against the feywilds alignment and so maybe that's why fern had to be hidden and these people are chasing the callaways i don't know yeah gosh man there's so many like plot threads right now that it's like I'm just—I yeah. just want to know which one's which one's going to get pulled on first, because um, we still need to talk about FCG yeah. and Dancer. Holy yeah. crap! Uh, yeah. And we also got—we also just just touching on it for a second. We got confirmation that Ashton, because we had talked about the item from the museum, um, mm -hmm. the Hishari item, uh, the cult where the village was like wiped out or what have you. Um, we got confirmation that his last name is Graymore because he's from the orphanage, the Graymore estate. He's an orphan um didn't get much information beyond that but feels like it gives some more credence to our theory yep. there um but yeah let's let's talk about 
FCG, I mean, I, Sam is so great, by the way. You could just yeah. see the pain of, like, that's not what happened. You know, yeah. and Jim just like, but seemingly an, a, an, an Aormaton. Um, yeah. I, I mean, that was that was my best guess up until this point, but pretty yeah, I've been much saying confirmed. that since day one, for sure. That was... <laughs> That's all we ever said. That's right. Um, so pretty much confirmed unless Joe is a liar, which I don't imagine him. Why would he lie? But I mean, I guess it's still possible, right? Um, but so, yeah, presumably an Aomaton, which would, you know, make sense for why he's so special and stuff. Like uh, I think we briefly mentioned before um, in, in part of campaign two, the they ran into one of these things and it was, you know, pre-calamity you know the age of arcanum technology was an all-time high they achieved this robotic sentience and the tech that that was lost in the calamity um but now some are springing back up because of a, a some a snowball effect of something that happened in campaign two um so oh so so quick question then the whole for the last five years these things have been springing up mm-hmm do we do we out of like from watching campaign two do you know what that was yes i mean not not like not like (laughs) i mean yes but not like maybe not not all the details but like i said there's a i was like what's gonna what's gonna be the reveal i don't even know (laughs) do you want me to tell you it's not like yeah okay so well just generic spoilers campaign two there it is all right go ahead (laughs) yeah like mute for like 30 seconds because this won't take long um but and they've since you've watched Calamity, you've heard mentions of, of Aeor and how that was visited in campaign to the ruins of Aeor. Um, so while they were there, they run into an automaton, um, you know, thousands of years old and like out of commission, basically. Um, I don't remember the exact details, but like they get him up and running again and uh, they eventually get him like fixed. And what's interesting is when he is fixed, he completely shifts in personality. Like when he was broken, he was one way. And then once they got him back fully restored, he was like a completely different person. <laughs> kind of like the Erika Ishii transformation in a way. Uh, not He didn't become evil or anything, but like just completely shifted. And so the snowball effect is that they restored that one. Like he maybe has gone on a mission now to restore his brethren. So that's the perhaps why they're springing up in different places. It's very uh, Detroit becomes human esque. Ben, I haven't game? played that, but I've heard really good things. Yeah, it's it's the same concept. Um, okay. Even down to like you know them wanting to be recognized as citizens. Um, huh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So presumably, you know, maybe FCG was. I mean, who knows exactly how he came to be on that caravan that Dancer purchased a map, but maybe Aeor has been hit by, you know, people looting or, or something. I don't know. Um, but presumably he's one of these Aeormatons. And what's interesting is we know he's had all these he's, these issues, right? And sometimes FCG malfunctions and all of these things, um, memory issues. Uh, is there a chance similar to the one from Campaign 2 when he is fixed when he is restored is he gonna change personalities for lack of a better word yeah i i could see sam doing something Mm. like that but it'll be it'll be interesting to see i mean 
I think to me, clearly that's what's going on with him with the malfunctions and stuff is that he's not fully what he should be. Um, so I feel like personality shift or not, I think there will come a time when he is becomes true, like what he's yeah. supposed to be. Well, we know he doesn't remember anything pre dancer. Um, so it'd be interesting if he does end up remembering those things. And we also know like this sort of imposed life purpose for better, lack of a better term of mm -hmm. helping people. Um, so it, it seems like he's really questioning his identity. I wonder if that even would become, if you start to even reconsider that whole angle of, you know, it becomes a little bit more, less, a little less wholesome and a little bit more, I don't know, jaded or cynical or. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe this is a nice, like uh, mirror might not be the right word, but like maybe his true, like maybe he was like a soldier, like, and, killed a bunch of people like that was his original purpose and so now kind of like to see the other side of that he's this wholesome like heals people wants to be a therapy robot um i don't know i mean i yeah i so many questions and not the least of which is what is dancer's role in this is did she block his memories intentionally or are they just lost to the thousands of years and she didn't meddle but now that we know well, i think it was esmer that it was like yeah she's a huge manipulator like she sucks <laughs> and uh maybe maybe she did like intentionally block his memories and i mean she's at least alive and i mean maybe there wasn't any way for her to contact fcg but we know that she hasn't so i, I don't know like what are, what are your thoughts on the fact that she's even alive? Like what? I don't even know what to make of that. Yeah. Um, I think it makes sense in the sense of, you know, everyone's dead, but are they? Um, it does make you wonder who else may have survived. It right. doesn't sound like, sounds like there was enough evidence there that everyone at least looked dead um, pretty badly. Yeah. Cause Talison, when this was yeah. being revealed, Talison was like, Matt, I saw just a pile of meat. Right. And I thought it was interesting right. that Matt kind of stumbled on his words a bit. Uh, he was like, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like you saw, like you saw bodies or something. So he wasn't yeah. like I, this. I might be looking way too much into this, but he didn't say, yeah, you saw just piles of meat. Like he clarified that a bit and said, you saw bodies. So, you know, yeah. well, and you know, Ashton wouldn't know which one's dancer. So he wouldn't like, wouldn't be like, I saw a dancer dead. You know? Well, like, if she's the only human, which she true. might not have been, but yeah, I, I got the impression robots. that the troop was humans and robots, but, um, and you know, I mean, I don't know. Um, maybe that's why Matt stumbled a bit. Um, but, um, you know, beyond that, uh, something you just mentioned about Esmer being like, you know, she's a manipulator, whatever, you know, they were, he called it entangled. Um, yeah. and then Ima, you know, it being presented that Imahara Joe and her hated each other. And then you talk to Imahara Joe about it and he's kind of like, yeah, like I, you know, I wanted to be friends. Like I wanted to, you know, um, but she was really abrasive. And so it's definitely, it feels like the evidence is lining up that, dancer isn't quite the um robin williams-esque friendly <laughs> creator <laughs> you know yeah. like 
you know, it's for the good of all, you know, but actually maybe a little bit more. I don't know. I'm not sure. And maybe all that Imahara Joe trash talk, for lack of a better word, was to prevent FCG from seeing him and finding out his true origin, you know, because it's the first thing out of his mouth when he saw FCG now. Uh, so if she did mess with FCG's memories at all, maybe that was a preventative measure. Like, no, Joe sucks. Like, don't ever talk to him. Um, oh, okay. I really like that. Yeah, that's a great theory for sure. So I, bro, uh, I'm so sorry, man. When did you get the Avalier shirt, by the oh, way? Oh, yeah, bro. Dude, I want that. You know, I had to. <laughs> bro. I had to show my love, man. Dude, sorry. I'm like, that was like a super ADD moment. <laughs> I was like thinking, and then I like my eyes trailed, and I was like, it's a first night of Avalier shirt. <laughs> I am the first Sorry. night. No, I actually, quick plug, I guess. My, the Critical Role shirts that I have are like my favorite shirts. Like they actually are like super soft, like my favorite material of like a standard t-shirt. So, yeah, you know. Do you go to the Critical Role store and use coupon code Pixelus to get... <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't work, you just try again. Oh. Yeah, yeah. But, and then tweet at them and ask. Yeah, <laughs> be like, why isn't this working? Oh. CR team's like, let's ban these. <laughs> yeah, these things are annoying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so clearly, clearly, I'm not saying Dancer's evil or anything, but clearly she's she's kind of out for herself, it seems like. She kind of yeah. uses people in relationships, kind of uses FCG and, and or you know, right. his brothers and sisters. Um, right. But yeah, to me, she, new arm because of the battle damage she sustained. Right. Um, but the interesting question that I think we've talked about before is, is FCG potentially the one that killed everyone and just doesn't remember? And maybe that's why she has made no attempt to reconnect with him. Yeah. I don't know. It's very... It's very Bastion-esque, by the way, from Overwatch. Um, his origin story is he's basically a murder robot, like a soldier, and uh, oh. gets reprogrammed. Um, oh, wait. oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's an interesting idea, for sure. Um, it does make sense why she wouldn't follow up, for sure. Um, but I will say this. We got about five minutes, and I apologize for our listeners. I, I gave Will the hard stop today. Um, can we talk about Ruidus? And Imogen's dream. It feels like this is the other like really big data point. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to um, hit that too. So, bro, something is freaking going on with this moon. Like yeah, we've yeah. we've talked about it so many episodes. It's flaring, you know, after her dream. What who who's this woman? Do we think it's her mom? I mean, do we think I don't know. I mean, we do have confirmation that she doesn't know what her mom looks like, right? I feel like that came right. up at some point. Like she never knew her mom. So it right. is possible that that could be her she, mom, and she, she wouldn't have She speaks into her that. mind like Imogen does with other people. Yeah. Um, and like all these people fanning out behind her, like are these all rudest born people that have been snatched? Like <laughs> become part of whatever the hell is going on. If it's using rudest born people for a power source or for whatever, maybe these are other rudest borns that have been like amalgamated into what's happening yeah. i don't know and no we know they're wearing masks but no seemingly identifiers of like type of mask any kind of like deity symbology i mean it's so much up in the this is like such a slow drip of 
information. Yeah. And I, I can't help but feel like this is the most pressing thing, like macro wise story for Exandria and campaign three as a whole. Um, I just want to know where we're going with it and like what the heck's going on with the moon. Yeah. I feel like this is definitely a, a longer overarching plot thread. Um, if not, if not whatever is happening here, ending up being the big bad. Um, if not that, I definitely think it's like, this is going to continue to be a slow burn. We might get some answers, but you know, we might end up on that moon somehow and later in the campaign, but yeah, I have no ideas, but clearly the fact that it was flaring is what, enabled that empowered dream like the fact that she actually heard someone speak to her and like they got closer i think it was because of the flare as opposed to just you know her normal storm right. dream like things are getting more intense as rudis approaches its zenith or whatever but i really don't know what to make of it or really have any good guesses as to what the hell's going on can someone go to a library and like tell us when the zenith is like <laughs> i think they know two- right Two episodes from now. Oh. Yeah, I think I said like a couple, wasn't it like a couple of weeks or like a couple months or something? Yeah, I think or? so. Like it was approaching it's in the near it, future. Yeah. Yeah. I just want like an exact date. And uh, and that will be August 15th episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah, it's very unclear. Um, and I think Matt had also said in the previous dream that they that she sensed like evil. Like these are pretty yeah. blatantly evil people. Um which I think it's interesting that he just got that out of the way. Like, yeah, these people are evil. Yeah. So what's going on? Uh, all right. Well, um, I, I know there's like some other micro details. Like I wanted to talk about Tanvir the rake and his poor thumbs. Um, like what's <laughs> going to happen there? And like, what's the group going to do? Um, like I mentioned a second ago, we're unfortunately out of time. Cause I told Will, I had a very narrow, like one hour window, unfortunately. Um, and I also apologize. We're always recording on Thursday and I feel like it's always <laughs> shenanigans on my end. So, um, all, all that to say, we'll be watching tonight. So, yeah, um, I'm glad we got it recorded, though. Yeah, me too. And uh, we're on all the podcasts platforms now. So, if you enjoy right. to consume this that way, please check us out there. I don't know if they, I don't think they all even have like reviews or whatever. But if they do, you know, if you want to slap us a review, that that wouldn't that wouldn't be upsetting. Yeah, Apple Apple Podcast does. Um, none of the other ones really matter, honestly. In terms okay, of, like, well, reviews. if you use Apple. So throw us a review. Tell you know, it doesn't have to be five yeah. star, just give us what you think we deserve. It's like your Hopefully podcast five stars. has I been mean, removed I... <laughs> for excessive one star reviews. See. <laughs> um, Not only are they terrible podcasters, but horrible human beings. True. I'm like, why? <laughs> oh, okay. I know you gotta go, but I just want to throw this okay. out there, even just for people in the comments to respond to. Yeah. Uh but uh Dusk's ring pointing towards Fern doesn't make sense because they didn't know Fern existed. I think it's linked to like Callaway blood. Okay. I don't know. I like a Callaway thing and like it, she thinks she's tracking the Callaways and like, okay, hang on. Wait a second. What? Yeah. Which then makes me wonder the whole bandits, like her getting mugged. Was she really getting mugged or are they in a setup? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, damsel in distress. I mean, I think it definitely was some sort of setup. Now, whether they were in on it or not, I don't know, yeah. but maybe she provoked it or something. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's also possible that maybe she just tuned the ring to Fern after meeting her to make sure she could like keep an eye on her, and that just happened off screen or something. But I thought that okay, was yeah. I thought that was strange. Um, yeah. So if anybody has any thoughts, let us know. Um, yeah. But thumbnail, thumbnail. Uh, I could do the ring, and 
you know, I could be like uh, uh, moon touched crown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, <laughs> all right. People are just like these are the dumbest thumbnails. They now, why do they do that? <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys for listening and uh, enjoy the episode tonight. Yep. Bye, See everybody. You.